FFM Productions presents Two Wild Orchids. Not your mother's podcast. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm Sean Lee. And I'm Lauren. And we are the Two Wild Orchids. And this is the place you want to come for sex and fun. And not botany. And not flowers. That is not us. No. <laughs> So what I was laughing about as we were coming online is I was talking about how very normal you make me out, right? Because I think life with me, by the way, I want you to know is very easy. I want you to know. I, I think I think life with you is very easy. I mean, just based on the timing of today and Thank you. so easy. And that's what I was going to talk about was we were supposed to shoot. Somehow I had it in my calendar for yesterday and no, maybe- and that's right because we'd said let's do this every Wednesday night at a certain time and then I kind of fucked it up yesterday because my cousin was in town. Yeah. And life happens. And that's how I look at it. Life happens. Yeah. And then today we were supposed to meet at a certain time and you said, Oh my God, I'm running late. I'm like, okay. So my, my point of all that is to say that that's how, you know, I do life as you know. But as I was coming uh, to walk in here to get on the, the show with you, Jason was like, well, she's tardy. And I said, she's not tardy. <laughs> in my mind, I thought I was being tardy and you were so accommodating to my tardiness. I was like, Oh my God, this is gross. In my mind, you're on Lauren time. <laughs> and that's okay. And so but he was like, no, she's tardy. And I, and I, and I turned out, I looked at him and I said, what, what are you talking? I'm like, I can't imagine what he means. And, and he said, well, she was supposed to talk to you yesterday. And then now today she's late. And I said, she's not late. And he said, <laughs> he said, what do you mean? She's not late. I said, look, time for me, as you know, is an ish. There's seven-ish, eight-ish. We'll get to it-ish. Okay? I don't understand his tarting. And I'm like, and you're not even the one going to have the phone call. So what are you worried about? Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I appreciate his sort of by proxy tardiness on my behalf. <laughs> but I couldn't figure out why it's a big Because I was feeling really bad. And I was like, okay, so even if we're doing it a day later, I'm still going to be an hour later than the scheduled time a day later. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, life just got in the way. And I guess that goes, I have a really inherent belief that everything happens in perfect time, which I think is why I don't stress about time the way a lot of people do. Everything happens in perfect timing. I've never had a situation where anything's happened in my life and I've gone, you know, if this had happened earlier, yeah, then the, earlier, it would have been a different situation. <laughs> it, it, yeah. So this happened exactly as it was supposed to. And so... <laughs> I must, yeah. I must say that with you because, like, when I was with you and we'd be getting ready together, I am quite a sort of time-orientated person. So I do like to do things on schedule. So I do mm-hmm. feel bad when I'm behind schedule or tardy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I was with you and we'd be getting dressed to go out, it was like, oh, okay, this can just take as long as it's going to take and we'll go out when we're going to go out. Well, because I can't, and, and, it's like, and it didn't, it didn't feel like it should be any other way. It wasn't like, oh my God, we're an hour late. We should leave the house at eight. Now it's 10 past nine and oh my God. Okay, and that's my point. So the amount of stress that it caused me in the very early years, like when Jason and I were first married, here would be the thing that would make me crazy. So let's say we're going to go to dinner and we've decided, now there's no reservations. <laughs> what time do you want to go to dinner? Okay, I want to go to dinner about seven o'clock. Now to him, that meant be somewhere at seven o'clock. To me, that meant leave the house at seven. 
<laughs> so <laughs> he would be beside himself on, and I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me, let me get, let me get clear here. We're not meeting anyone, right? We don't have anybody we're holding up. No, we don't have any reservations. No, I'm confused. <laughs> <It was just. laughs> and he would say to me, well, that you, you shouldn't have given me a time. And so I've had to learn to, to do, what time do I have to be out of the house? Because if I can work on yeah. that, all is well, but well, just, when we're just not backwards from that. Yeah. Yeah. But when we're going out, to, okay. Cause here's the thing. We're going out to play. Why am I going to get stressed out about going out to play? <laughs> Yeah, it shouldn't be a stressful situation at all. Part of the fun of going out is getting dressed. Part of yeah, the fun of it. Of course it, it is. No. So why are we late? <laughs> I mean, I think like the times we got dressed together, the times I get dressed yeah. up by myself, I put on some music, I'm dancing yeah. around the house naked before I put on seven different outfits. It's part yeah. of the whole occasion. Exactly right. And so it's in my mind, the party started before I got to dress. Yeah. The, the party started when I got out of the shower and was like, yes. okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. And so when he said you were tardy today, I was just like, no. He's not wrong and he's not right. <laughs> Time is just this wonderfully fluid thing that you and I thankfully both deal with. I deal with the tardiness side and I deal with, mm-hmm. God, she's so appreciative that I'm not on time. <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm just happy to be in the moment to hang out with you, to have this time together that we get to do what we want to do. The, the amount of stress, you know, it's like, I actually had a really good talk with Jake the other day about life goals, right? Because right now, as you know, he's not doing, okay. So to everybody listening, I raised my child. Well, I want to go on the record. Okay. He was raised, he went to the very best schools. (laughs) He's a kind of loving soul. He's a, he's a, he's a wonderful human. He's a really wonderful human. He really is. He'll jump on board and say, he's a little bit lost at the moment. He's just, you know, he's, he's finding his way, but, but he's, he's really talented. He sings really well. He writes music, he writes stories and he's just a really talented kid. And so in theory, when you go to an advanced school and your mother raises you with tutors and you have voice lessons from the time that you're five, in theory, the, the, you should then go to college <laughs> and then you should do something with this wonderful base that you've been given. And my son has, is not doing that right now. He's living in North Carolina in circumstances that I would like for them to be different. <laughs> but we were on the phone the other day. I said, look, honey, here's the deal. You didn't follow mommy's plan. I said, but, but, but. <laughs> and he said, no. And I said, but you're happy. And he said, yes. And I said, well, then who am I to bitch? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I said, look, you're a good man. You're a good human. You're a kind soul. You're a loving being. Do I wish you were in college? Yes. Do I wish you had a job? Yes. Do I wish you weren't living in a trailer? Yes. But hey, you're happy. Yeah. And so exactly. And all you can wish for anybody is for them to be happy. That's exactly right. And so and I told what, them, whatever their circumstances are that are not necessarily yours, if they are happy in their circumstances, then that's fine. That's it. That's it. I said, you know, I said, I said, there's a part of me, the, you know, the, the controlling, I was raised by a very controlling woman. So, you know, she's still in my head occasionally wants to go, ah, but I said, wait a minute. If really the goal of life is to be happy, who am I to bitch about how he's doing it? So that's why I feel like we're the same way about time. Jake will get me on Jake's time. <laughs> but I want you to know, I did say, if you ever decide to do a mommy's way, I'm in. <laughs> 
you ever decide to cross to the dark side, Jacob, and decide <laughs> to enter the world of professional people, you I had can. a free pass. Yeah. You have. A, I will come get you. Okay? <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> There's a free entry waiting for you. You don't even have to pay the entry fee. <laughs> That's right. There is a spot reserved at the table for you. I have a best friend here in the States who is the most conservative woman on the planet. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) She is. This is super exciting. (laughs) And the thing is, she would tell you the fact that we're friends is a mystery to both of us, quite frankly. (laughs) All right. I I think literally, I mean, you guys are, are the honest definition of opposites attract. Honest definition of it. Well, it's funny because we haven't spoken in weeks. I don't know if I told you. We weren't talking. No, you didn't tell me. Okay. Here's what happened. She was getting on my nerves. And every (laughs) time... Okay, so I think this is true for all women. I think that this is a good opportunity for us to introduce to the people who are listening the Worst Friends Ever Club, okay? Because I'm a member of it. Lauren is a member of it. My friend Shelly, who I'm talking about, I'll tell you more in a second, is a member of it. So to give a backstory, when I met Shelly, the very first time we had lunch, she said to me, look, I don't do needy friendships. And I said, yeah, me neither. And she said, no, you don't understand. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to text you. I'm not going to come and hang out. She said, I'm busy. I have a busy life. She said, I'm a busy businesswoman. And if that's going to bother you, she said, we can't be friends. And I said, I think I'm in love. <laughs> and so that's been our friendship now for a decade. And Shelly's really cool. She's an inventor and I've been helping her launch one of her products here in the States. Well, she's been getting on my nerves. Like every time I'm on the phone with her, I'm frustrated. And I can feel every time she's on the phone with me, she's frustrated. So we stopped talking for about, a, I'm going to say it's been almost a month. We just stopped calling each other. And so well, if we had, that's wait, 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 a good thing. It was brilliant. Okay. So hold on. So if we had to speak to each other, because I do some, some work with her, as you know, we'll text, but I didn't want to talk to her. She didn't want to talk to me. And so last night she says, are you, um, are you sleeping? And I was, and so I didn't answer. So this morning I messaged her. She said, can we talk? And I thought, Oh, I'm going to need to meditate first. (laughs) (laughs) I said, yeah, give me 15 minutes. And so I need to have my morning tingles before we have a conversation. I just, I just got to have, exactly right. I got to have my morning tingles before we start the day with Shelly. And so anyway, she gets on the phone and we're fine. Everything is fine. Everything's back to normal. We're chatting. And I say to her, did you notice we weren't speaking? <laughs> she, <laughs> she, oh, said, God, yes. she, say? she said, yes. She said, yes. Isn't it wonderful that that's our friendship? And I said, I'm so grateful for that. I said, because you were on my last nerve. She said, you were on mine. And that was it. It was the most delightful. So I guess we should start at some point. What do you think? You want to start? Yes, I do want to start. And I found the term. Oh, well, they don't know what term you're talking about. So let's yeah, get I don't. started. Okay, so, so Sean and I were talking about like our topics that we would like to discuss, obviously, in the course of each week. And this week is mistresses. When I thought about the term mistresses, I thought, okay, well, the sort of general idea of a mistress is a female dating a married man. Yes. But then I thought, okay, well, what would be the opposite if there was a male dating a married female? It's the same sort of relationship, but the term mistress is more prevalent. 
Okay, before you tell us, because I was thinking about this, can I just interject? Are you saying that it's, so if, if you're married and I have sex with your husband, does that make me his mistress or am I only his mistress if it's a long-term relationship? Well, essentially, the sort of societal kind of norm understanding of a mistress is a woman sleeping with another woman's husband and mm-hmm. the wife doesn't know. So while I was kind of like Googling and looking at the term for mistress, because while I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, so woman sleeping with a man who's married, mistress, man sleeping with a married woman, what's he called? Mm-hmm. But as I was going through just the general term of mistresses, the mm-hmm. first term that comes up for a mistress, mm-hmm. and I love this, I love this, is a woman in a position of authority or control. Ooh. First term. Well, that that, oh, oh, and, and BDSM, you're right. That's funny. I and never then, made the connection. And then the second term that comes up is a woman who is skilled in a particular subject or activity. Huh. I never put any of that together with the, with the connotations of that word. Such a negative connotation. It's immediately got that negative scarlet letter yes. sagging somebody's husband. Yes. But yeah, when you think about in terms of like, because I told you I went to that BDSM convention, that was one of the things. When you are a dominant woman in it, lots of times they'll call you mistress. And I remember thinking, what an odd term, but I just, I didn't even connect the dots though. And you're right, school teachers, mistress, headmistress. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, all of the terms, then, like, far down the list is a woman, other than the man's wife, having mm-hmm. a sexual relationship with that married man. It makes me curious how a mistress got her name in that connotation. While I was researching it, I thought, well, this is really interesting because let's use the general term of a mistress, a woman sleeping with a married man. She mm-hmm. has no power. She has no control. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's bizarre because she has all the power. She has all the control. She basically controls this relationship. Tell me more what you mean by that. Well, because he is constrained. Well, let's do it both ways. The married man sleeping with a woman or the married woman sleeping with a non-married man. Okay. Each of the sort of outside parties mm-hmm. have more control of the relationship than the married party because they're essentially allowed to do whatever they want to do with no constraints on them. Right. They don't have the family constraint. They don't have the husband constraint. They don't have the wife constraint. So I don't know that I agree, but I'm not disagreeing, but I see where you're coming from. Like I can see the single versus married perspective, right? But look at it in the case of the married man having the mistress, right? Isn't the married man controlling it because he determines when the mistress gets to see him? Or Do you see what I'm saying? Isn't he the one in control? Yes. Yes, to a point, if she allows that to be the case, she could go, well, listen, I can't see you now. She's the one who can do everything. He's the one who essentially can't do everything. That must have been very fascinating research. Wow. Okay, but but interestingly, in this research, while I was researching it, I was trying to find the term for for the man Mm -hmm. with the married woman. Right. And the term that came up was paramour. Really? I thought paramour was for women. No. A paramour, a lover, especially an illicit partner of a married person. Oh, it's very gender neutral, isn't it? Yes, which I like because, I mean, you and I had spoken about this term mistress and we were like, well, what's the male equivalent of a mistress? A paramour. A paramour. So a paramour can apply to both. I mean, the female of the married husband can be a paramour and the male of the married woman can be a paramour. But generally, society goes, well, if a married man is sleeping with another woman, she's his mistress. 
but the connotation, I guess when we talked about this in the beginning, right, one of the things that, and, and there was a bunch going on in my head, which is where I was kind of holding it together. So played with that a little bit, I think it a lot on the last yeah. show, because the only word I could come up with, it wasn't my research to do, but you know, I played in my head a little bit was the word lover. And I thought about that. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to date myself here. <laughs> I hate when I date myself talking to you <laughs> but in the eighties, there was an LL Cool J song. And the, the lyrics of it were, I'm the type of guy. And the lyrics were, I'm the type of guy who comes when you leave. I'm doing your girlfriend. That's something you can't believe. But they never gave him a, I'm a mistress. I'm a paramour. I'm a, right. I, yeah. I'm just the type of guy that does that. The fact that I remember that, I don't even want to talk about it. But because I did that on the, well, I, that was me rapping. <laughs> <laughs> this this was the only word that I could find, which is, I mean, it's gender neutral. It applies to both parties. It's a word that you can use for the Mr. S, if you want to call him that. The Mr. S. Mm. So it's not the mistress, it's the Mr. S. I, th- oh, I think that's really interesting that it's a paramour. Because, you know, there's metamors in polyamory, and we talked about poly a couple weeks ago. But metamor is the lover of a lover. Oh, good Lord. So the mistress has a lover. So in the case of the husband and the wife, all right, let's pretend they're a polyamorous relationship. Now, now okay. everybody's in the loop, okay? You have the mistress for the discussion purposes. You have the mistress, right? You have the but husband. Julie, it's not, but Julie, but no, no, it's, not a she's not. No, no, no. in the loop. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. No, I'm just giving it for definition so everybody stays clear on who the players are. That's all. Okay. That's all. So okay. she's not. Husband okay. and wife. Yeah. We've got husband and wife and girlfriend. But in this case, right, we're going to say we've got mistress, which we've been using as a term. And then we have the husband who she's sleeping with, right? The wife in that case, if it was a polyamorous relationship, the wife would be called the mistress's metamor. In other words, my lover's uh, lover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, That's why well, I was trying to keep the terms the same to make it easy. Yeah. So in the poly world, that's called a metamor, which I thought was interesting that in the that the word that you found was paramour. I like the term of paramour. It applies. I mean, it applies to both parties. I mean, if you look up the definition, it says lover, significant other, more often than not, mistress or girlfriend, mm-hmm. but can can be fancy man, toy boy, sugar daddy. Toy boy. Why isn't it boy toy? <laughs> Just, I'm sorry. I've often thought that. <laughs> it is the archaic versions of what are concubine, doxy, lemon, courtesan. All of those are female terms. I don't know what a doxy is or a lemon. I don't know about lemon, but doxy, I'm, let me look it up. Ah, a female lover, a mistress. Oh, a female, okay. Like the first definition of a paramour is a lover, especially an illicit partner of a married person. Okay, so hang on a minute. I misspelled doxy to begin with, okay? And the D-O-X-I-E gave me a female lover, a mistress, right? But when you told me how to spell it, I redid it. Are you ready for this? A lover yes. or mistress, a prostitute. Ooh. Ooh. Still female. Yeah, I'm not, feel, I'm not feeling dude in any of this. Paramore was the only one that kind of represented the man. Because like, like we were talking, I have a friend of mine who is a Paramore. single male <laughs> who is dating a married woman. And yeah. the only term that I could find for him essentially is a paramour. Boyfriend comes in here, other man, but also fancy man and fancy woman. All of it's right there. Mm, yeah. So the idea of him being the paramour, we started the conversation because it's a long-term relationship. It but you're saying that that been, person yeah. has all the power. Well, I mean, I think so. What's happened kind of in their relationship is I think they're sort of unfortunately coming to a point of an ultimatum, which I inherently disagree with. 
Okay, so let's be clear. What's the ultimatum and why do you disagree? The ultimatum is if she wants to be with him, she needs to leave her husband. Have them listen to the Polly podcast. Go ahead, sorry. Whereas for me, I think that's an unfair constraint to put on somebody because you got into this relationship knowing full well what the relationship was. And if okay. you weren't happy with the current sort of standards of the relationship, A, you shouldn't have got into it. And B, if you suddenly become unhappy with them, you can't make the other person change. So I agree with you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. But what came to me as you were saying that is you got into the relationship knowing what was. Isn't that what happens all the time when women marry men, knowing that their guys play golf every Saturday? And now that he's married, she doesn't want him to play golf every Saturday. And I'm using something so obscure. But yeah, the but idea she was play you golf knew with she, him anyway. She just but, she knew that he played golf, and she just is fine with the fact that he plays golf. But the point is, is that the, is that women get married. How many times do you hear guys who say she got married and tried to change me? Isn't that basically the same thing? They've entered into this longer, deeper relationship, and now he's trying to change the circumstances of the relationship the same way a woman would. And, and again, I'm not bagging on women, but, but it happens where, like, my husband has a friend who, before he and his wife got married, he really liked to watch porn. He liked to watch porn. He liked to have sex while they were watching porn. This was kind of this guy's thing. And they came home from their honeymoon, and this is back in the days of DVDs. She broke every DVD in the house and said, we have a Christian home, no more porn. And I was offended on his behalf because you knew what you were doing when you got there. That talks to relationships in general. And, I mean, we, we can talk about relationships in general. I don't believe in changing somebody because your circumstances change. Like you're dating and then suddenly you get married and now you're throwing all the DVDs away. That's bizarre. Right. You knew what you were marrying into. What I presume is you loved that man mm -hmm. enough to marry him. Mm -hmm. So why would you change him? Going back to your friend who is dating the married woman, could we give him a name like Bob or something just to make it easy? Could we call him Bob? So Let, let's call him Bob and Bob's dating Sally. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Thank you for ease. Oh, let's call him Harry. Harry met Sally. Sorry. That. No, because I really enjoyed that movie. It's a great movie. We're not going to. I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay, fine. Then it's so, over in the movie. Okay. So, so Bob is dating Sally and Bob has gotten to a point where emotionally he feels more invested and he's saying, look, I can't go on this way. So something has to give. Is he wrong for doing that? Now I'm not suggesting homewrecking. I'm just, is he wrong for saying this is not working for me? No, he's not wrong for saying that. But if it's fundamentally not working for him anymore, he needs to change something, not make her change. Okay. Is, is he, my belief. I, so, so if he is saying this is not working for me anymore, his port of call is to then go, I can't date you anymore, in my mind. And so it's still an ultimatum. Like, even if he says, you know what, this isn't working for me anymore, I can't date you, it's still an ultimatum. Even if the ultimatum is, I wish you and your her husband, well, I'm sorry that, you know, you weren't getting whatever it was, you know, he wasn't giving you the sausage you needed, which is how you ended up with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Which is so, basically how kind of those extramarital affairs start is based on sex. You know, we've had this conversation, you know, I disagree. It's based on attention. I know. I know. <laughs> But the point is, is that, so he's giving her the ultimatum no matter what, right? If he says it, do this or else, that's an ultimatum. But if he says, I'm removing myself from the situation now, I'm totally in on that one. I agree with you, but it's still an ultimatum for her, isn't it? Because she can accept it, that he's leaving, or she can make a choice at that point that she wants to do something different. 
Yes, but she is now allowed to make the choice. She's not being forced to make a choice because he said he's leaving mm. on his terms. Right. He's yeah. not putting any terms on her. You know, it's interesting. It begs the question. I guess what they haven't put on the table is telling the husband. Well, yes. What if they told the husband what would happen? And maybe the well, husband I, would lose his shit. And maybe the husband would say, well, I want to have a girlfriend too. I mean, you, you never know. No. And that's the thing. And I think sort of general concern is that, okay, so they tell the husband. Mm-hmm. Then the husband loses his shit, wants to get a divorce. Fine. Okay. Okay. Then the two of them are essentially allowed to be together. Mm-hmm. But what his concern is, is that now fundamentally their relationship has changed. Their relationship changes the second he decides that there's going to be an ultimatum. I agree, which is why I say you can't put an ultimatum on the table unless you're willing to actually take on board the repercussions of that. So let's be clear. I think fundamentally relationships change every single day. And I think that to expect them not to is to create discord. Because if you're not going to allow it to evolve into whatever it's going to be, then you're just you're like this stick in the mud while the world flows around you. And that doesn't work either. No, it doesn't work, but that's, and without kind of sounding very judgmental, that's a lot of marriages. There's a fundamental reason why people have sort of extramarital sex, and it's because they're not getting something out of their relationship. Yes, but it begs the question, is it that they're not getting it out of their relationship because there's something wrong with the relationship, or are they not getting it out of the relationship because humans aren't meant to? So the concern is that when you put the ultimatum on the table, what your extramarital affair is based on is it's kind of wonderful unicorns and rainbows when you see each other and great mm-hmm. sex, but can you fundamentally do your laundry and brush your teeth together? It's a good question. Um I think that it loses its luster if you're brushing your teeth and doing exactly. laundry together. But I'd also like to think that people who get involved in the situation of being the paramour fundamentally just want to be the paramour. I do really think that's true. You don't want everything else. You just want this wonderful side of it. Okay, if that's true, then, okay, because, you know, I told you, my dad had affairs growing up, okay, and I know that there was a woman that was always, I don't want to say always, but on the fringes of our life for many, many years, and my understanding, and again, I got this from my mom, was that she wanted my dad to leave us, and I know that I've got a family member who had an affair with a married man and he left the wife. So is it the paramours want what they can't have? Is it that they just don't want to commit or is it that they just fall into it accidentally and become a a paramour, a mistress or whatever you want to call it quite by accident and then decide they want more than they're given? I mean, I think you're right in that. I think it's it never starts off with, and I mean, I, I stand to be corrected, wanting to become the wife or husband. It starts off with the wonderful excitement and mm-hmm. the illicit kind of affair and the rainbows and unicorns that come with that. The excitement. And then you start convincing yourself that maybe you want everything else. But I don't believe that most of those will end up with the everything else, will end up with the dirty socks and the laundry 
I think statistically, you're right. I think statistically, if they leave the wife, they end up going back. Like I know of a couple, they, they're just now celebrating out on their 25th, 26th. It's on Facebook. But I know, cause I talked to the wife that they had split up, I guess about year nine, let's say year 19. And he had moved out, had a girlfriend, the whole nine yards, and then went back to her. And so here they are celebrating their 26th or 27th wedding anniversary. I forget what it was. I saw on Facebook, but a long time is one point. They I seem mean, blissfully they happy. happy. That's what I was going to say. Okay. On Facebook, everybody's happy. Okay, so. Yeah, no, listen, yeah, on social media, you can live your great Insta life and everything. I am amazing. like, I have the best life on social media. We, I, I mean, seriously. <laughs> You know, I always wake up with makeup. My hair is always done. I, Jason and I never fight. It's always fight. perfect, yeah. Everything's perfect. <laughs> I live my life on vacation. How about you? So, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I'm always on time. <laughs> I mean, that is a blatant lie. <laughs> I, I, mean, I can just barely comment on that in my tidiness over the last 48 hours. <laughs> I think inherently, like, I, I have this feeling about this kind of leads me into, as we think about, you know, paramours, metamors, uh, mistresses, down the, down the pathway of like male midlife crisis. Because that's what I think. I think that's a lot of times, statistically, when men have affairs, it's that 40 to, let's say, 60 range. Let's just give it a big range. And they've got a couple kids. Life didn't turn out quite the way they thought it would. And here comes this younger woman, and she's paying attention to me, so it must mean I'm still sexy. And now I go home, and my wife is complaining because I didn't, you know, I didn't pick up, you know, my dirty underwear off the floor, and you know, all of yeah, those things. Yeah, and I forgot to do the shopping, and there's no milk in the fridge, and yeah, yeah, you know, and but, so. But but what I wonder is because that's what we understand from the male point of view. What does the female do? So we're, we're, let's talk about Sally in this instance. She's okay, having right. an affair. Okay. What? So let's put ourselves in those shoes. What, what is? Cause? Yeah. What is she getting from this relationship that she's not getting from her husband? Um, and I'm just putting myself in her shoes, what I think if I were going to have an affair, here would be my reasons why. If I was not feeling appreciated and somebody was making me feel appreciated, if I was being told I was pretty and I'd get home and my husband treated me like I wasn't, if I was being treated as just, you know, the maid and the cook and somebody was noticing that I was still a really sexy woman, I think those are the things that drive, I mean, I would assume that. What do you think? No, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, if I were Sally and he was treating me like, did you pick up my shirts from the dry cleaners and I'm standing there in a negligee and you didn't notice, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a huge fucking problem. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you a true story. I have a friend who she was standing naked. I'll never forget this because she called me. She was so upset. Her husband was on the phone. They had a house where um, they had long hallways and she had this big staircase. And at the end of her staircase, it would have a kind of a landing. And when you came around the staircase, you would kind of cross past in front of the staircase to go into the living room. And she's standing on the staircase, naked as the day she's born, as her husband is coming for down the hallway to make the left past the staircase on the phone. And he never noticed she was there naked. And she called me just devastated because she was like, here I was, kids were gone, I'm naked, he's on the phone with his buddy, and he walked by me like I wasn't even there. Listen, I have a similar story with my ex-husband. Tell me. Like, 
had been sexting the whole day. It was like, when you come home, I'll be dressed in negligee, waiting on the balcony. You just have to lift it up. Mm-hmm. And he got home, and I'd left a little sexy note on the front door, and he got home, and he said, sweetie, I just want to be and go to bed. Whoa. And I went, okay. Okay. Did you ever find out why? He was tired. Well, eventually I found out that he was having sex with somebody else. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, was she standing naked on the boat? <laughs> That must have hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. It makes me want to kick his ass. Give me his number. No, no, of course it did. I mean, and and you crushed at that point. And yeah, and that's 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 the other side of why we're talking about mistresses is actually being the wife or being the husband and having that crushing moment. Yes, because it's inevitable that it's going to happen. Because if your husband or your wife is having sex with somebody else, the likelihood is they're not having sex with you. And if they are, it's what I call the ABCs, anniversary, birthday, Christmas. The very first time you ever said that to me, I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. I think they have sex on the ABCs. I was like, what? ABCs, yeah. (laughs) So kind of like you doing what you could, standing in a negligee, knowing knowing things. So, And I did a show on this years ago talking about men because I was getting so many letters from men because I'm so pro-sex, you know, and and it was how come my wife won't have sex with me? (laughs) No kidding. I know, right? I think everybody should have sex. Okay, how come my wife won't have sex with me? And this guy wrote in, and I remember just being so sad for him. He'd done everything, everything he could think of. Now, she's got a side too. Like, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I get it. She, He has a side. You know, she's got whatever it is he's doing. I'm in. But his dialogue with me was, she said I was too, too heavy. I lost weight. She said I was too hairy. I got my entire body waxed. She said I didn't have a good, you know, a good enough job. And so I went back to college and all of these developmental things that he was doing to fill in this void that she kept showing him where it was only to continue to be rejected. Well, that's awful. And that, uh, yeah. uh, But that's her making any number of excuses for actually not wanting Mm -hmm. to be in this relationship. And she's just too afraid to say, I don't want to be here anymore. Wow. That is a really deep statement. I hope everybody heard that because that was really deep there, Lauren. Good for you. Nice on the depth. Seriously, because what you're saying, what you're saying is, is if somebody is doing like standing on the door, standing on the, they are literally jumping through every hoop. Mm -hmm. He he waxed his entire body head to toe. Yeah. And I remember thinking that had to hurt. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that, that would physically hurt, but it's, she wasn't brave enough to say, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I mean, that's shitty on her part because basically he's done everything she's asked for. Everything and then some. And it's, and I mean, and it's yeah. still not enough. I felt so bad for him. And that, so that was actually one of the, the the show that I was referring to. It prompted me to get on there and go, okay, look, if you're going to share children and you're going to share a bank account, share your body, knock it off. You married him. Suck it up. Yeah, you married him. This is this is the person you wanted to be with. I mean, yeah. And if they changed, if if he put on five hundred pounds and you're not physically attracted to him anymore, work together to solve for X. If you want to stay in the relationship, bottom line is if you still want him to pay your bills, he still wants you to put out. I'm sorry. You guys got married. You got married because you loved each other. You got married because you'd like to fuck each other. I mean, let's mm-hmm. put it as blatant as yep, you can. Absolutely. And now certain things have changed and you said, okay, I don't want to have sex with you anymore because you're too hairy. Fine. Change that. 
that mm-hmm. should be an easy one. We're having sex again. No, yeah. we're not having sex again. Okay, I don't want to have sex with you because you're not as educated as I am. Okay, cool. He goes back to school. See, I objected that, that one because be you married sex. me. You married me when I had the same education. That's why my statement still stands. She was fundamentally just too afraid to say she doesn't want to be here anymore. I think that's true of many people. I think the fear of being alone, I think many, many people would rather be in a bad relationship than be alone because the, the thought of being alone is so scary. The fear of being alone is just horrifying. Particularly if you have small children. Yes. I mean, I, I can't comment. I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. But I was a single mom for a brief period of time. And I, um, I think it must be it must be frightening to have to try and do that alone is just from my point of view, it's frightening and I don't have kids. So I don't have that. Like I will throw myself in front of a bus for this child mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I remember right after my ex and I split up driving in the car and Jake was in the, in the car seat in the back. And I, I can remember when we were driving to remember the road we were on and I felt it was just me and Jake and I felt liberated. And I didn't marry. My ex-husband's not a bad guy. We're still friends. He's a good man. But it just wasn't for it just wasn't us anymore. We were high school sweethearts. We were young and dumb, that kind of thing. But the point is, is I felt liberated. Maybe I was just too dumb to be to be scared. I was just kind of fearless at that age. I just figured whatever was gonna happen, we were gonna be great. I get the fear though of not knowing that of having no one to turn to when your child is sick at two o'clock in the morning. And yeah, yeah. And it's just that I think that there's a lot of people I'll speak sort of on my parents' behalf, not necessarily knowing the full ideas, but they'd rather be unhappy and together than happy alone, which to me is a bizarre concept, but it's not a bizarre concept to a lot of people because they would rather be sitting on the porch on a Sunday morning with a cup of coffee doing the crosswords, even if they're not talking to each other, than alone. I wonder what the fear of alone is. I mean, because I, I think you're not wrong, but I think that if, is it, because in your parents' case, it's a really interesting question because it's not a financial issue. Like lots of times people stay together when they don't want to because one of them can't yeah, afford finances. to do that the other. Right. Yeah. Finances are, are a factor. But in your parents' case, it's not a factor. So it's curious what drives them to stay together in that discord when finances aren't a factor. I mean, I think it's a case of history. I mean, my my parents have been together for 40 years. I know a lot of other couples. I mean, I know I have, you know, colleagues of mine who are in their 70s who've been married for 50 years. Should they still be married to their spouse? Probably not, considering what they've done during the course of the last 20 years. But are they still together? Yes. And I mean, I think I think that's probably a whole new podcast topic of like the whole idea of living alone or living in a relationship that I fundamentally still feel like you're alone, but yeah. there's somebody who still sleeps next to you. There's somebody who still makes dinner. There's somebody that you still do laundry with. You're not completely an island in this world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Wow. This was an interesting, I didn't know how we were going to talk about mistresses for, uh, for like, but, <laughs> but what an interesting topic. Good job, Lord. <laughs> okay. As we get out of here today, if you're going to do it once, my God, do it twice. And if you're going to do it twice, take fucking photos. <laughs> <laughs> it's the two hour orchids reminding you to stay tuned in and stay tuned on.